Welcome to Dr. Jeffrey Ross, Looking Good and Feeling Great podcast, live from Las Vegas, with his co-host, Daryl Craig Harris. Hi folks, it's Dr. Jeffrey Roth here, your board-certified plastic surgeon in Las Vegas, Nevada. And we are at it again with another episode. I know, it's exciting. And, and Vegas is hot, hot, hot. <laughs> it, it is that. It's uh, Summertime in Vegas. It is, yeah. Summertime in Vegas. Uh, nothing better than an evening in uh, Las Vegas in the summertime. It is beautiful. Uh, but you just, yeah, you don't want to go anywhere from like uh, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. It's a little hot. So. <laughs> oh, yes. Speaking of hot, <laughs> um, we were actually talking about before about the pressures of plastic surgeons being in that position of surgery and doctors in general. And uh, what's that like to deal with on a daily basis? Sure. More and more attention is being put on this. And we now, we physicians, have classes on burnout, which we never had before. Uh, We're actually talking about it more because forever, you know, the answer was, yeah, just uh, just be more resilient. Uh, Just toughen uh, toughen it up, up, et cetera, et cetera. And especially coming through my era, where, especially through general surgery and then followed by plastics, et cetera, et cetera, you know, we were working 120 hours a week, et cetera. And that was just kind of the way it was. And then the guys before us thought we were soft and we were uh, compared to them because they were on call every other night and they were really abused as medical students and residents, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that's sort of a rite of passage though, right? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not, I think we've, I hope, have gone past the fraternity sort of initiation thing, or it happened to me, therefore it has to happen to you. I think for most people, we're past that. Uh, And I think that there's still work to be done. There's still work to be done in uh, making it a more educational experience versus a quote-unquote abusive type of experience. I think we still have to work on diversity issues in medicine, especially surgery. I think we have to work more on inclusion, 100%. And- It's better uh, than when I was going through, but still not good enough. And Mm. I've seen in the short time I've been on the planet, uh, more folks in leadership positions uh, being women, uh, uh, people of color, uh, women of color, Mm -hmm. uh, because that really didn't happen when I was coming up. So it's it's taken a long, some will argue too long. Yes, absolutely. Uh, But I think that that's better. On the subject of the pressures and burnout and all that stuff, the pressure has always been there uh, as a physician or physician and surgeon uh, because most people are coming to you at their worst part in their life, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, whether they're in a car wreck, if their, children, uh, if their child uh, has something that has to get operated on. Uh, so they're not at their best. And there's mm-hmm. always <clears throat> some tension, there's anxiety, there's always drama, and that's why you know, hospital shows do so well, right? Because you can write a drama about something medical. Yeah, and it's, and it's real. Every, I mean, every yeah. day. And it's, it's, it's hard-hitting often and touching and such. So that's, that's been part and parcel of, of medicine because, again, you're interacting with folks at their, their worst. And fear typically brings people to the doctor's office, right? And people should go for their checkups, et cetera, et cetera. But usually it's, hey, I'm not feeling well. What's wrong with me? Hey, there's a lump what is it? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that, or you're in a trauma, you're a car wreck, and, and you're fearing for your life, you're fearing for what's going to happen next. So that, so people are fearful, anxious, amped up when they come to the doctor's office anyways. And there is such a thing called white coat hypertension. We talked about that earlier, 
where I was told as a medical student, don't put anybody on high blood pressure medicines unless somebody has checked their blood pressure three times who is not the physician because when the white coat walks the room, everybody kind of gets Right, yeah, they get nervous. The pediatricians, <laughs> I know one pediatrician, great guy, uh, he, I think, passed his pediatrician board and I don't think he's worn a white coat in 30 years because mm-hmm. kids know white coats will poke a prod at them and that's why the pediatric nurses all were like Snoopy, you know, yeah. and, and that sort of thing. But to your point, is, is yes, there is pressure always being a physician and surgeon. There is uh, that element of even with all of your training and, and all of the things that you've been through, you know, are you going to make a mistake? And your mistake doctor has repercussions. Uh, Absolutely. Whether yeah. it's the wrong dose, whether it's the wrong diagnosis, whether it's the wrong medicine, did you, et cetera, et cetera. And you continuously second or third guess yourself, et cetera, because mm-hmm. you're playing for keeps. Uh, you're not, yeah. you know, and there's the memes that come out on the medical stuff. It's like, yeah, you're not studying to pass the test. You're studying to save somebody's life. Because at some point in the ball game, you're going to be standing in the trauma bay or in someone's house or in the ER, and you're going to make decisions that's going to let this guy live or die. So not to be dramatic, et cetera, but that's what that's you're, signing, yeah, that's what you're signing up for. Yeah. Okay, so, so... I tell folks, young folks, folks that want to be uh, pre-med students or medical students, if you're in it for the money, get out now. So go get your, get your MBA, go to law school, stuff like that. It, that's not, this is not the place for you. It really has to be a call, in my opinion. It has to be a calling. And you're going to get up at four in the morning and do whatever it is that you do. So you might as well love it and you might as well be good at it. And the people that love what they do, uh, in my opinion, are better at it because they read more about it. They go to conferences more about it, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so that's... That part of medicine. And so now the other part of medicine is, is yes, there's always that. What's the other interesting part of medicine is, is whatever day you, you know, Jeffrey has had that day, whether you've had, you know, a rough last 36 hours, you haven't slept, you haven't, you haven't, uh, yeah, eaten, life, just life you happens. Haven't, right. Whatever the case may be, you had a fight with your girlfriend, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Now you get called to the ER, you got to walk into the patient's room and the patient doesn't deserve any of that. So you got to leave that at the door and walk in and be the doc mm-hmm. and do your doctor thing and focus on the patient because that's the important person in the room, not you, uh, and figure out how to serve them best and how to fix whatever problem they came in for. So whatever you got going on, they're not part of it. They don't deserve it. So you got to go ahead and step up on stage or whatever you want to call it uh, and do it. So now what's happened. So that, so that's baseline. That's been going on for thousands of, uh, of years, right? Sure. So what's happened in the modern world is, is now 51% of physicians are employees. So now you're in a situation, the business of medicine of there's the business of medicine, right? And, and and some places are better than others. Some places truly are true to their mission. Some places are less true and more um, subservient to their stockholders, shareholders. Okay, so we'll put it that way. Um, and so often physicians now are put in this position of uh, ultimate responsibility, uh, but no say no authority, no say in what they can do, right? right? So basically, again, I think, you know, so a doctor says, oh, I think this person needs uh, X, um, needs a CAT scan. And this just happened to a buddy of mine because I had to explain to him what prior authorization was and approval was. Mm-hmm. And so that their, process, yeah. their 
insurance company says, no, you need an ultrasound first. Like, no, you don't. And, and, and you need the CAT scan because what's going to come back is, okay, you need a CAT scan. Well, no kidding, right? Yeah. And so here's a, she, he went to a surgeon who's had decades and decades and decades of training, who saw the patient, laid hands on him. He knows what the patient wants and needs, but you have to ask somebody else. Okay, right. so, so you have no, and the other thing too is people that work in clinics, they're getting clobbered with, oh yeah, by the way, you're going to cover a second clinic and a third clinic. And, and oh, by the way, yeah, you know, we want to have you see somebody every seven minutes. And, and, and so they're getting clobbered. And these guys also with the EMRs, they go home and they pop open their, they, they eat dinner or something, and they pop open their EMR, and they're charting until 2 in the morning. And they know because you have to sign in and sign out. Yeah. What's, what's right. an EMR? EMR, sorry. Uh, uh, electronic medical record, okay. right? So it used to be right. charts in, in my office since I'm a dinosaur still. We still have paper charts. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, it was, nowadays, uh, they've, at the beginning, it was a great idea. Uh, the MR, it's all there. It's electronic. You can everybody can access that. Everybody access to, it. Right. You can go ahead and send prescriptions uh, electronically, et cetera, et cetera. And so that's great. Uh, and, and, but of course, like any other computer program, there's you know, the glitches and there's a learning curve and all those, those sort of things. And now they're talking about note glut, meaning meaning that in the hospitals, especially, people are kind of cutting and pasting and putting in all this information so you get a printed version of your hospital stay and it's a thousand pages right and yeah. you're like well wait. and in a way it dilutes it dilutes oh, yeah, the mission it's hard of, to, it's hard to find and i right. do some expert work and stuff like that and now it's kind of going through um, you know it's like a needle in a haystack to try to find the the information you want but with all of that the doctor still wants to do the best for the patient and then again you're medical legally responsible because god forbid something goes sideways and now you're in a malpractice suit even before that, if a, a disgruntled patient can flame you on all of these, they can threaten to sue you. So, oh well, yeah, so, and, and it then, takes two hundred seventy-one dollars to sue somebody. Exactly. Okay, yeah. so, th so okay, so which so is a whole other whole another topic. That's a whole other topic. <laughs> but yeah. even on social media, you know, they give you a one-star review, and and and, and, and it's, it's yeah, so we're, we physicians now are really beholden to the patient. We've always been beholden, but now even more so than we have before. And there's pluses and minuses to that, but some people just are going to be, you know, grumpy cat and, yeah. and, and whatever you do, they're not going to like. And, and any business. Right. Any business. Yeah. Now, the, so what's happened is, is now the, the, the physicians have gotten caught in this squeeze and here's where the rubber meets the road. They are, you've selected out these folks and you've trained them to be independent thinkers and to show up at uh, earthquakes or natural disasters and be able to run everything. And so, but now you put them in a position that they want to do that, but they're in this position that they can't affect change and, and they get very frustrated and they start really getting burned out so much so that now we have a suicide problem in medicine, mm -hmm. 400 physicians a year commit suicide. That's two medical school classes right. on average. And that's something per, that's not talked about per year. Yeah. Uh, that's more than cops, okay? And there's a lot, lot more cops mm. than, than physicians. And cops have a tremendously stressful job. And I, I, well. I, like, yep. I like cops, and I, and, and I would never want to do that, that job. And, 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 I mean, these guys are pulling bodies out of lakes and, and all kinds right. of such craziness. And so that's a big deal that we're now, medicine, the AMA and organized medicine, all that kind of stuff, are, are now starting to talk about mm -hmm. a, a, a couple of things. And here in Las Vegas for a while, especially during the pandemic, they had a warm line, which means it's not open 24 hours. But basically the Nevada Psychiatric Association actually had a, a line that you could call if you were a healthcare worker or even if you, got, if you were the guy pushing the mop in a hospital, mm -hmm. you could call them and just go, hey, this is what I'm feeling. I'm feeling overwhelmed. 
And the key to that was, is there was no names taken, no bills taken, no nothing. And so because there's always been, like anything else, even with firemen or policemen or, or military, that, yeah, you don't ask for psych help. Because then, yeah, and when you're when careers. you're sort of the head of the ship and the and the right. CEO, you get it's like who do you talk to? Right. So <laughs> yeah. so so that was nice because physicians can talk to physicians, etc. etc. Mm-hmm. etc. Now the the other interesting thing, and I just read about this too, is now even in the military, they're pushing people to go ahead and talk to somebody, right? And so you will see now the 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 head enlisted guy, whoever that is for that post, and actually the commander, they'll put their names on the schedule to go ahead and talk to a psych guy. Mm-hmm. And and the reason why they do that is, is one, it's probably a good idea for them to talk to a psych guy. Sure. And, but two is, is is the people that follow, the leaders, right? The people that are following them underneath them go, oh, wait a minute. You know, if the commander is it's talking right, to somebody, right. well, I, I guess it's okay for me to, you know, yeah. if you're the private or, or whatever. If the command sergeant major is in there, you know, and I'm a master sergeant or first sergeant, well, I guess it's okay for me to, and it's not going to kill my career or anything else. Right. So, and and some folks need, I mean, that's a real stressful job too. I mean, you know, you're parachuting to somebody, some of these places. Yeah, and you're responsible are, for people's lives. Oh, hundred percent. So, yeah. so at least now, and again, things got to get better, but I've seen a tremendous change uh, in, in that. And so where we'll wind up, where our landing's going to be, we'll see, we'll see. But at least now, um, that in of itself is, is getting better. Mm-hmm. So there's always been the stress. It's been more now, I think, than ever, even though technology's gotten better and the things we can do in medicine are so much better than they ever have been before. It's the best time to be a physician ever in the history of man, uh, except for for all the superfluous stuff that comes with the the, the back yeah the back and, and the right and the the business of medicine and all what let's um i mean that's obviously there's so much there to unpack and we could talk about that for hours but what what's some of the favorite things for you that have always been with being a doctor being a plastic surgeon oh sure so we, we talked about this too is it the ability to make a difference right to go ahead and show up Again, usually in somebody's darkest hour, uh, and and make a difference. Well, and again, making a difference. When I used to do trauma, you'd save somebody or a burn unit. You'd save somebody, and um, I used to be a reconstructive guy. So again, we would reconstruct people after a tumor or after trauma or whatever that case may be. As a right. hand surgeon, I was able to to restore form and function. As a aesthetic plastic surgeon, now again, you're able to make a, a difference. And sometimes people poo-poo that, and that's okay. But again, for me, it's uh, some you know young gal who has size H breast, right? And they and they're killing her neck and everything else, and, and they're just making fun of all problem the time. all through school, right? Yeah, yep. yeah, and all that. And you're able with one operation go ahead and make a difference. And so now she'll you know go jogging, and now she'll go play tennis. Okay. The classic Hollywood moment is, is of course, otoplasty or ear pinning, where you know, these folks have been made fun of forever, you know, Dumbo ears, et cetera, et cetera, all that. And again, with one operation, uh, and it's the classic Hollywood moment, and you've, we've talked about this, is where you put the mirror in front of the girl, she's holding the mirror, and you unwrap everything, and she looks at her new ears, and she starts crying, and mom starts crying, and all that kind of stuff. So, and that's kind of dramatic Hollywood stuff, but, but that but it's, girl, it's real. right? Yeah, but that girl never real. was able to play softball because she didn't want to put her hair back, mm-hmm. uh, that sort of thing. So I think you're still able to go ahead and even the stuff that I do, and I'm, I'm way on a branch of medicine, um, 
not really in the trenches anymore and stuff, you're still able to do that. So for me, that's always been my turn on is to be able to, to make a difference in somebody else's life with the training that I received and with the experience that I've been granted to have. Uh, for me, that's, that's what makes, that's what, that's why I put my hard hat on in the morning and take my lunchbox to work mm. and, and do my things. Yeah, that's important. I mean, I'm one of the um, procedures I filmed with you was a breast reduction right. for a really beautiful young lady who had so, those exact issues, back and neck problems. I'm sure she had dif- difficulty in school. And we were talking about that. And I said, well, you actually changed her life because it was a very dramatic reduction. Yeah. I mean, really huge. Yeah. And, I, and I, she came out, yeah, she came out great and, yeah. and happy. And, and, and it's, most of those folks are our happiest patients. It's just like, it's just mm-hmm. like you said, because, and again, technically I think it's a, it's size, but I also think it's a pendulousness. And if we can kind of get the pendulousness back, uh, it's kind of like having a backpack and the straps are too long. You put the straps where they're supposed to be. Oh, it fits better. Right. right. Same sort of thing. But this is the one that, you know, that, that, genetically or, or whatever it was, you know, she got the size ages. Okay. Right. So, yeah. yeah. And again, not to make her an A, that's ridiculous, right? Yeah. But to go ahead and put her in proportion with her hips and her shoulders so she can buy a dress off the rack. Yeah. That was actually, I mean, uh, you know, uh, it's a privilege to be able to, to take photos and, vi- and film those kind of procedures. And I mean, the, the result was so dramatic with her in particular that it really makes you, made me appreciate what you do. It's, it's really, and not only you, I mean, you had an amazing team. Yes. So, yeah, no, you, cause you actually, I mean, that's a big part of what you're doing. It's a, right? it's a, it's a huge part. And, and thankfully right now we really have an A team, uh, in there. And it, it's, again, we talked about this. It's like playing basketball and you just know where he's going to pass the ball next. So I can cut to the basket and I know that this guy's going to do a, a bounce pass and I know where it's going. I can right. do a layup. Right. So, and, and so, I should say too, a very diverse team. Oh, a hundred percent. So, and I think that's absolutely outstanding uh, as well. And that's a, frankly, it's really the one thing in one, many things in medicine that I really like is, is I don't care who your dad is. Yep. So don't care where you come from. Doesn't matter your color, your sexual preference. No, that matters in the operating room. Don't care. So yeah, don't care. Can you do the job? Yep. That's all I care. uh, All I care about. And I, and I I now see so much more diversity than it, uh, than it ever was. And I think it's absolutely spectacular at all levels from the guy pushed them off to the, to the surgery tech, to the nurse, to the anesthesiologist, to the surgeon. Uh, it's, it's all getting more and more diverse and I think more fun. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and it brings and new perspectives. That. You know, it's great to have, um, female doctors. It's great to have people from different cultures. It really broadens the perspective of what you're doing. Oh yeah. Um, I think the patient's it makes them happy because you have patients from all different well, demographics as well. Sure. Right? And, and I think that, that people kind of look around and kind of and see, oh, is there somebody who looks like me? Exactly. Uh, here. Yeah. And again, whether it's a medical student, whether it's a patient, whether it's a, another doc, I, I think we all, you know, look toward, uh, towards that. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line for me is, is are they trained uh, well enough? And that's why we have standards so that wherever God forbid you get in a car accident or something like that. You wind up at the hospital. You know that the guy coming in that's going to go ahead and fix you at least has hit certain standards and you're going to be okay. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, But to your point is, is yeah, it, it's truly, especially surgery, is a, it's a team uh, effort. And, and, you know, if the guy pushing them off doesn't do his job, and I used to be the guy pushing them off, yep. uh, then I can't get to the Me next too. case. Yep. <laughs> uh, if, if the guy that's sterilizing equipment, you know, uh, isn't, you know, there that day or doing that at the right thing. So it, it, it all befalls everybody the tip of the sword is is yeah me making uh the tip of the spear is me making the incision but there's so many things that have to line up first right to go ahead uh, yeah it's it's important and i think it's important for people to realize that in, in any profession it takes a it takes a village 
yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> and we talked about this, uh, for example, for Children's Heart Center in Nevada. And mm-hmm. uh, what they do uh, is uh, congenital abnormalities of the heart. And they have, I guess, 30 doctors now, um, et cetera, et cetera. But to build something like that, to be at a place where you have to have doctors, you have to have nurses, but it's hard to grow a doctor and it's hard to grow a surgeon. It's hard to grow a cardiothoracic surgeon. And it's hard to grow a pediatric cardiothoracic surgeon. Right. So all of those things, all those things had to line up for decades right. to make took many years to put that, together. that yeah. thing happen. So and then you have to have the pump guys and then you have to have the ICU nurses and you have to have all those things. And they all come from other places, but they all come together to go ahead and make that uh, happen. But it doesn't happen overnight. It right. takes a lot of hard work. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I think that um, I, I even also, too, with your awesome, your uh, office staff. It's a great team. It's also the same thing, very diverse. Um, and uh, it takes years to build that, which is something you've, you've worked on and continue yeah. to work on. It's a yes. process. Oh, yeah. It's, it's always a yeah. process. And, of course, like any other you know, entity, you want to go ahead and grow and you want to have the right people there. And I think it's an extension of my training and where we practice and everything else. So everybody there is really important uh, to me uh, because they're going to be interacting uh, with the patients. Yeah, and, they represent and, you. Right. And, yeah. the, and the patients are the, the ultimate most important as far as in the practice. And if you're practice focused and you're, pra- and you're focused on the patient, and I tell the young folks this all the time, you're going to be okay. Right. So the other stuff is going to come and go. It's going to be a pain in the butt and everything else. Like that. But if you do the right thing for the patient, you're probably going to be all right. Yeah, you're going to win. Yeah. yeah. And, and the patient wins, which is the most important part of it. Yep. 100, yeah. 100%. Um, tell people how they can find you online, social media, all that. Sure. Stuff. So uh, we are on the web. Imagine that. Uh, so uh, our website is uh, www.jjrothmd, jjrothmd.com. Uh, you can find us there. We're all over the social media aspect as well, including Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, and all of that. And then, of course, the podcast, which you're listening to now, which we um, have been really, really happy to bring uh, to you, is as we're up on we Actually, I should mention, we just went past 150,000 downloads, which is really awesome. Yeah, that's absolutely tremendous. And we'd like to thank Alex, our engineer. Absolutely. And Nigel, our production guy in France. Sure. And then, yeah, and then uh, we're here at Mark Chinooks, the space. And so we, we love it here as, uh, as well. So, uh, uh, so yeah, so all I can talk about teamwork that has all really kind of come together. Uh, for all of that. And then, uh, and then it, it, Craig actually has been the one really behind all of this. So kudos to, kudos to him and, and yeah, and poor Jack who gets dragged in here. So, um, <laughs> but having said all of that is, is yeah. And if there is something that you want, uh, uh, for us to talk about, if you want to learn something or, um, have any questions about plastic surgery, aesthetic medicine, Hey, I read about this in uh, some magazine. Hey, I saw this on the internet. Yes, we'd love to go ahead and talk about that. Uh, I obviously love talking about all things plastic surgery and Las Vegas and tons of old stories and everything else. But if there's something you want to hear about, please, please do let us know. And uh, we'll be happy to get that on for you. Absolutely. Everybody, thank you so much for following us and subscribing. And if you haven't done that, please do so to to follow our future episodes. And um, thank you so much for joining us. Have a great day. Have a great day. Thank you so much for joining us. For further information, please visit the podcast website link for Dr. Jeffrey Roth. See you next time.